Glory, glory, glory. Don't even try to get it together. Stay undone. Stay having fun. Mmm. Stay in the sauce. <laughs> the anointing is Lord. Nothing else matters. Just baptize them like French fries in fresh oil. And the more and more you irritate the flesh, the carnal mind, all the fears that are inside people's hearts, the more you irritate all that garbage, like John the Baptist, the Elijah that was to come, he was a continuous irritation. You could say he was a prick that the Pharisees were kicking against. They couldn't stand him. He was making people leave religion, leaving the control system in the synagogue structure. This man is not authorized by the high priest to baptize. You brood of vipers! Who warned you to flee from the coming wrath? <laughs> Amen. What are we going to do, John? Bear fruit in keeping with repentance. Hallelujah. Jesus. What's your mission in life? Bear fruit in keeping with repentance. You ever seen someone kept in repentance or kept on Mount Zion in the mountain of fire, staying in the spirit? You ever seen that consistently? I mean, that's the only reason why we broadcast, so we could bear fruit that lasts. Bear fruit in keeping with repentance and the religious demon in the skull's like, what do I gotta do? What do I need to do? Do, 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 voodoo, voodoo, and the spell's never broken. And they just go deeper into the bottomless pit every day. Trying harder, working harder, striving. And it's like, will the Tower of Babel fall? Yes. Yes, I believe this season. I believe all the acceleration, all the testing and trials and tribulations we've gone through this, this last three months that has been at an accelerated pace that I've never seen before in Christian history. It's happening worldwide. We get reports from people all over the planet. This acceleration's touching 8 billion people. Mount Zion's rising in our hearts and touching all creation. The mountain of fire rises as chief of all the mountains in the last days. This is the last day of the three last days. You're in the day of the Lord. A day is as a thousand years. It's been 6,000 years since Adam and Eve when they left Mount Zion, which means coming out of the glory, coming out of the Spirit to live a natural life. Now, the Spirit came into us 2,000 years ago, and that was the first of the three last days. A day is as a thousand years. It is written. So now we're in the third day and the end of the second day, and the third day is the seventh day since Adam. And on the seventh day, God rested. Guess what? On the seventh day, humanity gets to rest in God's sacrifice of His Son. And it's a sovereign thing, and the only enemy is your religious striving in the building of the Tower of Babel upon the shifting sands of your souls. We get born again and we get religious. I mean, it's the only temptation that's legit because you know rebellion's bad. I mean, you feel bad about that every time you lust and drink too much alcohol and do, you know, cheat on your taxes or, you know, rob somebody. 
<laughs> All the rebellious stuff of the city of Sodom is so obvious once you're born again, so you just knock that rebellion off. But you don't understand how the city of Egypt works. After you're born again, you're only primarily tempted by the appearance and the knowledge of good, which is the city of religion, the city of building pyramids, the city of erecting obelisks like the Washington Monument, like all the crap in Egypt, the, from ancient Egypt. It has nothing to do with the modern-day Egypt. It's the spiritual city of hell. It's the city of hell. Okay? Hell is a city, by the way. If you didn't know that. <laughs> Heaven is a city. So is hell a city. Doi. Come on. Book of Revelation, clearly written in the Bible. Hell's a city, and heaven's a city. You know, people get born again, and then they go into hell, or Egypt, or religion, and start building on the shifting sands in doo-doo. Never good enough. You didn't witness enough. You didn't tell enough people about Jesus. You didn't strive enough. Tower of Babel, not high enough. Should have done more. Should have done more. You could have done so much more. You still have that thing in you? That's the lack of being crucified with Christ. Do you know that only the Father does the works? If you have anything in you that needs to do, you are disqualified from the new covenant entirely. Did you know that even in the old covenant, the Levites, when they sat in front of the ark for ten days, if they got up and were tempted to do works, they were disqualified and fired from the priesthood. If you ever sweat, you were disqualified from being a priest. Can't sweat. It's like that's all the that's all the Christians do is sweat. Work, 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 work. Works, 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 works. Sand, 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 pyramid, 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 pyramid. I planted ten thousand pyramids. Look at all the pyramids I planted. Do you know you have zero rewards for that in heaven? People weep and gnash their teeth at this message, but it's the truth anyhow. Unless the Lord builds a house called Zion in your spirit, you labor in vain. You've been working in the soul realm like a witch. The sons of God only work in the spirit realm like kings of righteousness. Righteousness is divine spirituality. Melchizedek is the king of righteousness. The new covenant is the priesthood of Melchizedek. Spiritual, divine, third heaven righteousness, also known as grace. Grace. Every time Paul healed someone, he said grace healed them. Every time Paul raised the dead, he said grace raised the dead. Everything Paul did in the Bible, everything John did, you know, and John really represents the prophetic, Paul the apostolic in the New Testament, and it's all grace. You read the Gospel of John, Grace and truth came through Jesus. Grace and truth came through Jesus. The law came through Moses. But grace and truth came through Jesus Christ. So we start in Jesus Christ, which is the Spirit. Apostle Paul calls him the Spirit of Jesus Christ. And then we are like tempted by all this white magic. The Bible says in Revelation, 200 million religious demons... Not a small amount. That's the vast majority of the kingdom of hell is religion. Hell is a religious city. Heaven, there's not even one drop of religion. Oh, but James says the religion of the pure is the orphan, blah, blah, blah. You're demon-possessed. 
Read the book of James in context. Over and over, machine gun it. Until it kills you. Amen? Until it kills you to death. Hallelujah. People don't understand the Bible because they're not spiritual. Jesus said they don't understand the Bible because they don't know the power of God. <laughs> I was like, I know the power of God. I see miracles. The power of God is the spirit of holiness that works in you right here. Do you know Him on the inside? It's not optional. That's the only new covenant there is. The new covenant is your spirit with the Father through the slain blood of the Lamb. So, are you in covenant with God? God is a spirit, and you are a spirit, and the blood of the everlasting covenant has been shed that welds you together. So that if anyone believes in Jesus Christ, they're one spirit. Now, the brain can never believe that, because the brain is a religious demon. God's not fixing up the brain. God's crucifying you with Christ at the place of the brain, the soul, the skull. Golgotha. Religion or Egypt or hell only works in the brain realm. Every church today and star day of Babylon the Great gives you information into your brain. It's true. Oh, mixture. Oh, you guys got mixture. I know you still go to church and you justify it because there's all these scriptures that you twist and you don't understand what the spirit of prophecy is saying to you and whatever. You'll learn. You'll learn through what you suffer. The goat will die. I'm not trying to destroy your religious systems. I'm destroying the kingdom of hell. And all of the kingdom of heaven backs me up every day. Every day. You cannot defeat the spirit of Elijah. You cannot defeat the spirit of Moses. You cannot defeat the mountain of transfiguration. Mountain of Zion is a mountain of fire that will kill Jezebel into the lake of fire this season. It's Jezebel versus Elijah. Showdown of the ages. Don't you see it? Don't you see all the witchcraft of externalism working in people's souls? All the knowledge and appearance of good is Jezebel. You didn't know that? The Queen of Heaven? The Whore of Babylon is the one the Christians that are bewitched that serve in buildings made by human hands. So you got a billion people in the Whore of Babylon and like just a few rebellious renegades now, like the days of King David and Saul that are outside, you know, the works of Saul, outside the building system, like John the Baptist, kicked out of the synagogue, then beheaded. <laughs> he gets kicked out of the Pharisees and then gets beheaded by Herod. I mean, talk about someone who's a renegade. He was the antithesis of the seed of the Pharisees and the seed of Herod. Jesus said of John the Baptist, he was the Elijah that was to come, and that no one in the Old Covenant exceeded that prophet's righteousness. And look what the Pharisees did to him, and look what Herod did to him. I mean, are the Pharisees doing that to you? Is Herod doing that to you? You're with good company. You're with the champions of God. <laughs> what is that? Hebrews chapter 11, the hall of faith fame. You're with good company. They murdered all the prophets. They murder us every day. We die daily. We're crucified 
to death by the whore of Babylon every single day of ministry for 12 years, with no exception. And it's severe murder lately. I've never felt hate like this in my entire life. And I, yeah, of course, I feel the love. I know who's with us. I feel the remnant. But I'm talking about the demonic realm and the fallen angel realm and facing Jezebel. Jezebel, you understand, is responsible for killing all the Christians in the first century. Okay, when they, you know, boiled Antipas on a brazen bowl and melted him into liquid guts. That was Jezebel that killed that saint, you know. <laughs> the martyrs were killed by Jezebel. So that, that's the maximum intensity of murder and hate and anger and rage as it gets. There's not any more hate than the white magic of the magician and the witch Jezebel. That's the maximum intensity of Satan. That's Satan. <laughs> it is. And that's what we're facing here. Can't you see it? And it works through the skull in the appearance and knowledge of good. It's what murdered Abel. It was. It's that same thing that murdered Abel. It was Cain. It was Satan. It was Jezebel. It's the kingdom of hell. It's that primal evil. The ancient red dragon. It's all the same. It's the throne of death. John called him Abaddon. People are like, we don't need to know this stuff. You need to know this stuff. You're Joel's army. You're the armies of the living God. <laughs> and they're defying you like Goliath every day. It's like, we need to know who our enemies are. All this crap happening to you and your families and you're torn apart. I mean, I hear horror stories every day from God's blood covenant people. Terrible, horrible things happening every day. And people just like want to close their eyes and pretend like they're not at war. You know, they get ran over by a semi-truck and it's like, oh, it's just have a happy, clappy service and not even pretend like the demons are trying to kill us every day. My God, what a joke. Put on the full armor of God and stand and taking up the sword that the Spirit wields. Fight! 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 Kill some stuff! Kill some demons! I mean, the Word of God was used by Jesus Christ in the Gospels to fight Satan every time he was tempted. You shall have no other gods, Jesus said, when Satan told him to bow down and worship him, and I'll give you all the kingdoms of the world, the seven mountains. I'll give you all the heavens and all the earth. <laughs> Jesus. And he said, it is written, you shall have no other gods. Hallelujah. Every time we face demons, devils, and you face them continuously because we're on the cusp of never-ending revival. This is the warfare of the climax of the ages. This is the warfare of the great tribulation. Who are these with white garments? How do you get white garments? So much pressure. And it's not just the pressure of witchcraft. That's been in you. Okay? <laughs> You're born in witchcraft. You're born in Babylon. You're born in the flesh. You're bo born with a sin nature. Now what's new to you and new pressure is called the wine press of the wrath of the Almighty. And the wrath of the Almighty be like, oh, Jesus is not a hateful man. He's loving. It's the wine press of the blood sacrifice and the weight of His love that fights the demons in your brains, the religious spirits, the goat nature, the calf nature, Egypt and Sodom, all the demons, all the devils. 
All this sin and darkness and death in the world, the winepress of the wrath of the Almighty is against that darkness. That's the love of Jesus. That's agape. It's sacrificial love. He died for you. This warm, fluffy, teddy bear crap is just Jezebel keeping you weak. You have to understand the intensity of the love of Jesus. He was crucified to death. The blood of His cross is the pressure you're experiencing upon your flesh. A lot of people think it's demons trying to kill them, but I think it's God trying to crucify you with Christ. I know there's some stuff that happens too because you run for Satan for help because he's been your teddy bear in churchianity. Yes, he's been the one keeping you weak. He's the one always nice, always honor, always fake, always make up horror Babylon garbage. That's the devil. That's the religious person, Satan. <laughs> he'll turn on you eventually, but he'll keep you weak your whole life so that you never stir up trouble like John the Baptist yelling at the religious professionals that the people thought were heroes. People think these people in church buildings are heroes. People think the charismatic church with all the movies they're making are heroes. They're not heroes. Come out of her, my people. These people buy and sell in the soul realm. It's Christianity. Everything of Mount Zion rises in the Spirit by grace. Almost all Christian activity even the charismatic church is still upon the sand of the soul. <laughs> and then buy my CDs, buy my MP3s, buy my books, here's the package and all the stuff. You know, and the, it's just the worst, most deceiving system you could ever imagine, Babylon the Great. Babylon actually means confusion. If you, it's a direct translation. Babylon means confusion. Babylon the Great, great confusion. You know why it's so confusing? Because there is some spirit mixed into the soulish sands. <laughs> it's like clay mixed with iron. There's like some iron of the spirit in there, but then clay, flesh, you know? Smash the clay. Let it be the iron scepter of the kingdom of heaven only. Holy Ghost. Smash open everyone's clay jars for the ointment of the nard of Christ to come forth from your spirits. He's not interested in making you feel all warm and snugly. You know? It's not. He wants to metamorphosize you from human worms into butterfly angels or angel-like sons of God. You'll still have bodies, but they'll be glorified like our Lord's body. You'll be transfigured in the exact likeness of His celestial body. One translation in the book of Philippians. Jesus is in the flesh. Hallelujah. He says, eat my flesh, drink my blood. So when you're drinking His blood, you're drinking the glory of God. That's the river of glory. You drink enough of the blood of the Lamb, you have all the glory of God coming out of you. It changes you. Not one verse in the New Testament says plead the blood, but many verses say drink the blood. Be not drunk on wine, but be continuously filled with the Holy Spirit. If Jesus was conceived of the Holy Spirit, is the Holy Spirit the blood of the Lamb? When He sent the Holy Spirit at Pentecost, were they baptized in the blood of Jesus? Since the Holy Spirit conceived Him? Hello? 
Did he have different blood? Because he's the Messiah, the Son of God? Yeah, he had different blood. Huh. Ron Wyatt, that archaeologist, they found the blood of Jesus on the Ark of the Covenant where Jeremiah had buried it. You guys seen that video? I believe it. And they brought that blood into a laboratory in Israel. They didn't tell him what it was. But they say, that that's not human blood. That blood's still alive. Glory to God. Whose blood is it? The doctors ask. That's the blood of your Messiah. That's the blood of your Messiah. It's alive. Different blood. He did not have a human father. God is the father of Jesus of Nazareth. And he was crucified to death for the forgiveness of all your religions. Most deceptively, Christian religion of the soul. I mean, you participate with all the other religions of worldliness when you're a Christian in the soul realm. You have to repent, which means return to the mountain of fire in your spirit. I mean, you're sinning. Your Christianity is a sin. And the fruit, you can tell them by their fruit. And I know you're seeing it in your families. I know you're dealing with it. Because everyone does. Anytime someone turns to the Lord or repents and goes into the mountain of the Lord, that fire will reveal everything in everyone's hearts around you. And so you suffer persecution because you're revealing these people are a bunch of Pharisees, hypocrites. Most of them have secret sin. A lot of them are still drinking too much alcohol, full of lust, pornography. I mean, the secret sin amongst Christians is insane. It's insane. The things I've had to deal with in Christianity and full-time ministry, it's, it's no different than the world. And when I was in Bible college for five years, rampant alcoholism, rampant sexual morality at North Central University. Oh my goodness. Hallelujah. The answer is holiness. And we're only ripping ourselves off when we're partnering with those demons and lust. Jesus. I'm not talking about self-righteousness. I'm not talking about human discipline. This ain't religion. I'm talking about being crucified with Christ. Crucified with the anointing. <laughs> crucified with grace. Grace crucifies the flesh. The throne of grace. It's crucifying the heart. It's crucifying the soul. And it's crucifying creation. Creation rejoices in the crucifixion of Christ. Crucifixion with Christ is not a bad thing that's painful, like the religious demons tell you. Crucifixion with Christ is heaven on earth. Crucifixion with bliss. I mean, Christ is perfect heaven. When you die and go into heaven, you go into Christ. How about we get, be crucified with Christ with Him right now? I mean, how bewitched are we? to think this is something painful or that we do by our works. A lot of you can't, you know, you've been trying to read the Bible and listen to the Bible. I've been looking at this and it just gets worse because it's a work to you. You need the anointing to break the yoke of Jezebel out of your hearts and out of your skulls to burn it out of you. Some of you are so far into the kingdom of hell in the city of Egypt that the only hope you have is returning to Christ in your spirit and relying on the anointing oil to burn hell out of your hearts and minds. 
Some of these Christians are so far gone in bewitchment, it's amazing to me. Astonishing how deep you've gotten in Satan. Pretending to be Jesus. How deep you've gotten in Jezebel. Pretending to be Jesus. How deep you've gotten into the knowledge and the appearance of good. In the sand of Egypt. Bound up in snakes. And you can't come out of the soul realm because that's all you've ever known. Most of you grew up in Egypt. You didn't even know there was a Zion of the Spirit. You grew up in hell. You grew up in Christian hell. I tell you no lie. It's exactly how it is. And they just breed self-righteousness. They breed workers. They breed slaves. It's a slavery system of demons. The church system is a slavery system of demons. It is. It will all be revealed. I know some of you still don't believe that, that there's good in church. No, there's good in Christ, and the measure of Christ that's in you goes in church and whores yourself out to demons and fallen angels. It's true. Church is the biggest abomination. There is nothing good in church. Nothing. The only thing good is cities and nations. Even in Luke 2,000 years ago, they're talking about, oh, if you invest wisely, this, that, and the other thing, the talents, you'll get one city. You get three cities, you get five cities. 2,000 years ago they were teaching that the rewards of true discipleship of the kingdom was cities. And you people have settled for Masonic lodges pretending you're doing Christianity. You're as bewitched as it's ever been in Christianity. These American Christians are the most bewitched Christians that have ever walked the earth. It's true. I love them. That's why I'm telling you the truth. I'll be your enemy until you come out of hell. And see what I'm saying is the truth. I don't even care how bad it looks. We tell you this because it's true. It's a matrix of sorcery. It's human. It's earthly. It's animal. Those are animal sheds. The kingdom of heaven is a temple made with living stones. Church age was a mixture of darkness and light. I know there was some good stuff that happened. No doubt about it. Not denying that, but I'm telling you, it's a transition point from church age into kingdom age, and that mixture, that clay, is being dealt with as gently and as wonderfully as God the Father possibly can. He's perfect love. He doesn't want to lose a single person because they're, you know, it's, He knows that you just grew up with mixture, a little religious, but you and try to be really good, you know? And He's gentle with you. He knows that you still have a human body. He knows the demons that tempt you that are in the world. Jesus Christ is familiar with all the same temptations that we constantly deal with because He was tempted like us, yet was without sin. He's familiar with these temptations, all the religious temptations. Satan didn't offer him any lust. He didn't bring a harem of girls like King Solomon fell for. He just tempted him with religious magic. You read the Bible, that was the biggest temptation Satan could possibly offer the Messiah, was to do activity that the Bible says you're supposed to do. You notice that? Every single thing the devil said to Jesus was stuff that's written in the Bible, but it wasn't anointed or authorized from his Father. That's the greatest breakthrough you ever get. And overcoming the religious devil. 
Satan is the religious devil. Hell is a city of religion. And the Great Awakening is everyone born again getting all that religion off of them. It's the slaughtering of the goat of the older prodigal son of Luke 15. The younger ones, honestly, the rebellious, they have it twice as easy because we know we're a bunch of sluts. I mean, we're a bunch of whores. The Bible calls us whores, prostitutes. No doubt about it. The younger one spent all of his money gambling, lived in Las Vegas, smoked crack every day, and banged a different prostitute for years. I mean, that's the, in the Bible, okay? <laughs> I know it's graphic, but the Bible's rated R. <laughs> Just repent of being religious. The older one thought he was a good person. Twice as evil. Twice as deceived. The younger one wasn't deceived. He's like, I'll just go be a slave in my father's house. is better than being a prostitute. I know I'm a wicked sinner. Not deceived about it. The religious one thought they were good, but they were equally sinful. Everything outside of the Father's house is all darkness. It's all the white and black magic of the tree of the knowledge of good and evil of Satan. It's all flesh. There's nothing good about the flesh. There's nothing good about the soul. Only Christ is our goodness. And the rebellious and the religious equally need Christ and be completely and totally dependent on the Spirit and nothing of themselves. Apart from me, you can do nothing, it is written. <laughs> you cannot bear fruit apart from the vine. All you got to do is stay attached, stay in repentance, stay in the Spirit, and bear fruit. That's our full-time job. Now, I know you got bills to pay, and people tell us that all the time. All these people worried about money. You know, even the ministers in full-time ministry, it's like all I hear them talking about is money. It's an absolute insanity how little faith there are there is even amongst charismatic leaders. You just need to repent. You need to get your skulls crucified with Christ. God knows how to feed even the birds, the Bible says, the sparrows. He can feed you. Now, if you got a stomach full of lust, he's going to crucify you. If you got a heart and skull full of vain imaginations and all these things you want to do, you're going to be crucified to death because we're crucifying the whole world with Christ. It's the worst time ever to be religious or rebellious. I mean, maybe the best. Depends how you look at it. You just, you're not going to get away with anything under our watch or under our throne. We're a throne of grace in the Father's house. You're not going to get away with it. Our angels far outnumber Satan's demons. Zion is so far superior to the mountain of Egypt and the mountain of rebellion. There's just no comparison. All the stars of the heavens don't even compare to one drop of the morning star in our hearts. So it's going to be an absolute massacre like Elijah and the prophets of Baal. But it's really Elijah versus Jezebel. And I think he learned from his mistakes and he's not running anymore. You know, did a little growing up in the prophetic. And now we're confident in the Father and standing on the mountain of transfiguration with Moses and Jesus Christ and Peter, James, and John, because you know they're with us too in this great cloud of witnesses. And we're fighting all the enemies of Christ, making them a footstool for our feet in every sector of society. Every single sector. I mean, this will touch all life on earth. 
This mountain of fire is an all-consuming, jealous fire. He wants everyone to live in heaven. And people resist him because they think they know better than God. God's an invisible spirit and they don't trust him. They trust their education. They trust their sand. They're all shifting sands. Has anyone built on the solid rock? Has anyone trusted in Christ? Does anyone stand on the mountain of fire as a spirit on the mountain? He's the father of spirits. I know everyone's good at fathering flesh, but only one deity can father spirits. The father of Jesus Christ, our father, by the spirit of adoption. Let your spirit stand on the mountain of fire today. And as you receive fire from God, which is grace, your spirit will grow in confidence, you'll grow in favor, you'll grow in wisdom, you'll grow in strength, and your strength will be greater than all your enemies. Your strength will be greater than the city of Egypt and the city of Sodom. Your strength will be greater than Jerusalem below. Your strength will be greater than the throne of Satan. Your strength will be greater than the stars that fell. You can stand in the day of the Lord. He's given you the full armor of God to stand, it is written. And taking up the sword that the Spirit wields, you're going to fight. Amen? Speaking truth, speaking life, speaking deliverance, speaking the words that come from God, never speaking fear, never speaking sickness and disease, not speaking darkness, you know, that empowers demons, speaking light. Now we are the children of light, and all we speak is the voice of many waters that flows from our rich treasury of glory. We love you guys. Be blessed. We'll see you tomorrow. If you want to come into partnership with Red Letter Ministries, you can do so at redlettermen.com, and be blessed. Amen.